0: Hello, and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Hello, my name is Neil Selwyn, and today we're talking with Heert Biesta, one of Europe's most insightful and interesting philosophers of education. Hiet is well known for his work on public education, posing provocative questions, challenging received wisdoms, and gaining a large audience for the elegance of his writing and argumentation. Hiet is always worth paying attention to, and so in this conversation I wanted to catch up with some of his more recent thinking. So while he's well known for his work on John Dewey, I started by asking Hiet which educational thinkers he's currently getting excited by, and what key ideas are grabbing his attention.
1: Um, yeah, I think the author I'm most excited about is a German scholar called Klaus Brange. Um, he, he died a couple of years ago, um, but he has been very active and he has been pursuing a really interesting idea because he is concerned or yeah, the concerns he has are also the concerns I've been working on. That education is always sort of approached from the outside. So there are all kinds of disciplines that have thoughts about education, psychology of education, social education, uh, philosophy of education, um, which is fine. But for me, there is always the question, what is in the middle? What is this education itself? And I think that that is a much more difficult and interesting question than often assumed. And the other thing that education suffers from is all the policies and all the agendas, all the things that people want education to do. And again, you can say, but but wait a minute, what about education itself? Uh, and, and what Brange has done is to say, rather than to stay on the level of uh, theory or values, he says maybe there is something in the very form of education that gives education its own integrity. And I find that a a brilliant idea to begin with because it gives an opening against everything that constantly comes to education. And then he does something very simple by saying, what's the most basic gesture in all education? And he says, that's pointing. You point something out to someone, you could say. That one move of pointing, you point away from people, but you also t- say to someone, hey, you there, maybe it's, it's a good idea to pay attention to, to this or that. And I find that a very refreshing way to, to step back into this whole discussion because it allows to, to speak about sort of the integrity of education without getting into all kinds of value positions. So this, this excites me for, for all kinds of reasons. And I think education suffers too much from all the attempts that, that others want to tell education what it should do and what it should produce or how it should think. So to think from the inside out and beginning with the, the form of education is uh, I think really important.
0: And so Branger is writing from an, as an educationalist or is he writing as a philosopher? Or?
1: He is um, a German, he was a German professor of education uh, and I think really located in the sort of German tradition where education is an academic discipline in its own right. And he, in a sense, gives a whole new defense of, of that idea that education has its own intellectual integrity And that has big political implications as well.
0: Well, I was going to say, if we take this idea of integrity, which is not a word you hear often used in conjunction with education, how can we mobilize it? How can we actually use this um, to kind of rethink what education is?
1: I used it recently in in a highly political discussion in the Netherlands where there is a constitutional freedom of education. So any group of people in the country who want to have their own school can get government funding for it. And, and that's in the constitution. It has been around for 100 years. The issue is that over these 100 years, and it started out with religious groups want to, to have their own schools, uh, it's constantly interpreted uh, the, the freedom of education as that everyone has the right to their own normative or value-based agenda. And the problem then I think is that education becomes, you can say almost a matter of indoctrination into that particular mindset. And now that this has been in the constitution for a century, a lot of people are talking about it, should we still have it? And the suggestion I made was to say, rather than to talk about the, the freedom to do your own education, we also need to talk about the, the freedom for education itself. And I use prange here to say there is something in education uh, where you can say if, if the basic gesture is to point out something to someone rather than to say I'm going to control what you should think. This whole question of the freedom of the human being suddenly <laughs> stands in the center of that. And I, I think this is an interesting way to move into, yeah, too many attempts to simply say freedom of education means that we all can do what we want. Um, so this, this whole idea that education has its own integrity helps to, push back in some
0: way to that and the idea that we can do what we want is is very fashionable these days now this idea of pointing things out um relates to your another thing that you're kind of well known for the 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 argument that we should be asking questions rather than providing answers particularly as a kind of an education professor yeah which is a very interesting way of, of being a professor. so which questions have you come up with recently about education that particularly satisfy you and what do you think makes them decent questions? I mean, how can we go about formulating better questions about education?
1: Yeah, I, I generally think that there, there's far too much work that simply tries to give either the same answer to existing questions or, or a new answer. But in, in most cases, people simply accept the question, which is not bad. But I think really yeah, exciting and important intellectual work is by bringing in different questions. So one I've been working on is a nice one, um, because quite often in the relationship between school and society, it's always, what kind of school does society need? And I came across someone who just turned that around and said, what kind of society does the school actually need in order to be a school? Um, so I find that a very productive way just to turn a question around and suddenly you you see all kinds of new things and you begin to see that society also has the responsibility for the school rather than just to say, we have a problem in the school to to solve. Another one that's I think quite brilliant and I I don't make these up myself, but I think I'm always looking for good, good questions I found in the book of a German scholar who asks, does education actually make a difference? And that's, of course, a very important question because we constantly think it does. And then he raises that question where he says we have nature. So we know that we are living, biological, growing organisms. We have nurture, all the stuff in the environment. And then we have education. And then he he asks, what would be sort of the percentage we put on each of these three? And then his answer is that he says, nature and nurture together are always 100%. And we can disagree about what the the relative contribution is. And the first time I read that, I, I just couldn't understand it because it looked like that this was an education professor who was sort of throwing education away. But then he says, education actually is after a different question, not how people grow and develop and learn, but the question what each of us will do with that. So he says, the education question actually cuts through nature and and nurture. And I find that also very provocative, but really important in order to see that as educators, we are actually... Not in this whole discussion about how nature and nurture leads to development, but we appeal to you can say that the person of all of our students and say where are you in all this? So yeah, that's that's a good question as well. I also get excited, but that's that's me about beautiful work on the idea of givenness, which is actually very difficult to uh, very carefully think about. What, what does it mean for Things to be given to us. Because in education, I think at a basic level, there's a very strong constructivist intuition that we all have to make sense of things and have to come to our own understanding. But to figure out whether it all starts there or whether actually it starts with the things that are given to us, I think there is a very new and important question as well. So, yeah, I'm always on the lookout for questions that really. Put some pressure on the, the intuitions that that seem to be accepted, and yeah, that's good work.
0: But it seems that you're you're working in an area education where the mindset very much is that you know there are problems that need to be solved, and education is often the answer. Yeah how can we how can we flip that mindset amongst education researchers like lone educationalists always looking for the to be the answer?
1: Yeah, probably first of all by taking pride in our profession. And not to think that we are just sort of the mechanics at at the end of the the chain. So it also has to do with where we position ourselves in relation to that. And keep asking these these questions that look very odd because they are counterintuitive. I think if you pursue them in a in a good way, they begin to show something.
0: And not wanting to always rush in with an answer as well is a good thing for an education professor. <laughs> now you famously debunked the obsession in education with learning and you described it as an empty concept. I mean, could you explain what you meant by empty concepts? And then are there other emerging empty concepts that you're currently seeing taking a hold in education?
1: Yeah, so I think learning is indeed quite empty. So I think there is one definition of learning that I, I think is, is absolutely right, where you say, what's learning? That's any sort of more or less sustained or durable change in an organism, or maybe even in an intelligent machine, that is not the result of maturation, but of interaction with an environment. Now, what do you say? Learning is, is change. And... I think what is quite empty about the concept there already is that change can happen in all kinds of directions. So if we just say the point of education is, is to make students learn, well, you don't even need education for that. You can just, well, you can put them in the factory or you can put them in the mines and they will learn tremendous things. I I like this joke of saying that it's a real scandal that teenagers in the UK are not able to stitch together a, 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 what is it, the Nike shoe? Whereas kids in Bangladesh can do that. So what's wrong with the learning in the UK? Uh, so I think learning is quite empty as an educational concept. And that that is sort of what worries me when people only say, oh, it's all about learning. Or you can say, no, the point of, of education is about learning in a particular direction or in a particular way or for a particular purpose. And then even more so you can say, even there, education is about the work we do as educators in relation to that. So learning is both quite empty. It needs a lot of extra thinking and ideas to, to become meaningful. But even there, in education, there are always educators and there are curricula, and, and I think that's where the, the focus needs to be. So that's, yeah, that's a quick way where I think... the uh, the concept is empty. I also make the joke, but but all jokes are also serious. I stopped learning about five years ago, and life is still going fine. And just to make that point, it's just interesting to see how people respond. Is it possible to even think that you cannot learn? And, and in a sense, I think it is. So we also have sort of adopted this question and think, oh, we we are learning all the time, but maybe we're doing something else. And that's work is actually misleading. And then are there other empty concepts? Uh, I think there are quite a lot. So one thing that irritates me is people who talk about teaching as an intervention. I think that is not precise enough. I really don't like talking about learning outcomes. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, I put direct instruction on the list, but I think that's also a fashion, and it, it's a very imprecise notion. And then, to be honest, I also, yeah, in education, there's not a lot of talk about knowledge and skills, for example. But as soon as you begin to look carefully at what knowledge is, it's that word itself is very unhelpful. So it's actually remarkable that many of the words that are constantly being used in education, even if you take just, yeah, For a moment, think about what is it really about. Uh, We are not after sort of giving our students knowledge. At least we want our students to become knowledgeable, for example. But that's very different from just this idea we need to give them knowledge and they need to... Well, nowadays I hear people say they just need to be able to remember it and make sure that there is no cognitive overload and then they can reproduce it well. That sounds pretty pointless to me, Then I think we should use our time in a different way.
0: Uh, absolutely. But I mean, on the flip side, are there rich or full concepts uh, in, you know, in comparison to empty concepts that we should be promoting in education as a kind of counterpoint to these trends? You've mentioned integrity. That's one, obviously.
1: Yeah. So I think what it means to be knowledgeable is a much more interesting way than just to talk about having knowledge. What it means to be skillful. So then you bring it back to what does it actually mean if if a person claims that they have skills? And then you can say, well, that's not just the ability to perform. That's also to be aware of what you're doing there. It's, It's to be able to judge when you should do that and when you shouldn't do it. So that already gets you into something that's much richer and yeah, occasionally much more interesting. And I also think that teaching is a really special and important thing that we need to keep opening up and and need to take seriously. So, of course, it always begins with words, but then you need to go beyond that and say, have we got better words? Do we understand what we're actually talking about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, finally, a much more prosaic question, but I think it's quite important. You've moved around a lot, different countries, different schools of education. What advice would you have for early career researchers just beginning to work in a school of education? They're really peculiar places to work in. So what what advice have you got? I
1: think they are, are peculiar in many ways. I've worked in different countries and also realized that academic cultures are very different in different countries. And it can be very helpful if you have the luxury to to work in a different country for a while just to get a sense of how this differs because it's very implicit. And then you can also begin to see some of the strengths and weaknesses of the place you're in. So it's important to keep a sense of perspective, I think, and not to think that higher education is the same all over the world. I have to say, I, I meet a lot of colleagues who complain about... British higher education, I still think it's it's a pretty good place to be because I don't see a strong tendency for people to want to tell other people what to do. And I've worked in systems where this is the default, that the, the person higher up in the hierarchy has the right to tell you what you should do. And I think that, that kills good intellectual work. So I'm, I'm, in that sense, I'm quite happy with where I am. There's a nice old phrase that a friend of mine once mentioned where he says, take care of the quality and the quantity will take care of itself. And I I love that because it's so easy to be drawn in the other direction and just think that it's the quantity that that matters. And again, these, these research assessment systems in the UK are quite good because they don't ask for quantity, but there are countries that give you cash for every paper you publish. And I think that's so stupid. And I think it's really important to sort of find your own intellectual agenda and try not to lose your soul in pursuing that. So what I always try to do in all the, the structures and organizations is always to say, but but why are we here? What's the intellectual point? Um, and I think that that helps to keep yeah each other awake as uh, as
0: academics well that's a brilliant note to end on thanks ever so much for sharing those thoughts um that's been super interesting and yeah look forward to reading your work in the future
1: okay my pleasure thanks very much